You're listening to the NASM CPT Podcast with Rick Ritchie, the official podcast of the National Academy of Sports Medicine. Hello, and welcome to the NASM CPT Podcast. My name is Rick Ritchie, and we are going to continue today talking about our CPT7 in basically a webinar or a podcast study uh, course for the CPT7. So for those of you who are studying for your CPT exam to become a certified personal trainer with NASM, this is the seventh edition that we're going to be reviewing. And for those of you who have already taken your exam and you are NASM CPTs, first off, congratulations. Thanks for making us a part of your education. And I also wanted to say that this doesn't mean it's time for you to tune out. In fact, it's a great refresher. It's a nice bit of content that allows you to listen to what you've learned in the past and then think, oh, maybe I can start applying some of the things I haven't thought about in a while. So let's talk about what we're gonna talk about today. And today is going to be, the next two sessions we're gonna do are gonna be about program design. And 20% of your test comes from program design. We are going to be reviewing today the NASM OPT model, so the Optimum Performance Training Model, and that is kind of the anchor for NASM. It allows us to go through a systematic progression with clients through periodization and allows us to say, okay, well, what are our acute variables and how can we program and how do we put variety into the variables? And the NASM OPT model allows us to do that. So that's what we're gonna be talking about today. Later on in the week, we're gonna get into talking about special populations and program design. So let's get into what we're gonna be talking about. Program design, what's the purpose of it? Why do we do what we do? Well. We wanna ask questions like this. What exercises are most appropriate for my client? What exercises are contraindicated for my client? What exercise intensities are appropriate for my client? So are we going high intensity? Are we going low intensity, moderate intensity? Where are we on that intensity spectrum with my client? How many exercises are appropriate for my client? How many sets and reps should I have my client perform? How many days per week should I have my client train? Some of that is training with you as a fitness professional, and some of that is the programs and the exercises that we give them to do on their own on days that they are not with us. How many days a week do we do that? So this is about creating a purposeful system or a plan to achieve a goal or a desired outcome that our clients are seeking. The purpose of training a program is to create, provide, um, develop a path for the client to achieve his or her goal, as opposed to saying, I want this out of my workout. And we go, ah, let's just, let's do one workout at a time and not string those together in a system or a progression and if you don't have a good design, then if, if your designs are random, then your outcomes will be random. If your designs are purposeful and they follow a system, then that means that the system that has been developed, like the OPT model, has certainly been uh, repeatable. And that's what we want. I, we have a proven system that has been repeatable over and over again 
uh, showing that those outcomes are what are what's developed through this system of implementation. And so that's what we're trying to do is teach a system that has worked for many people in the past based on science. It's evidence-based that you can do with your clients. And this requires the fitness professional to have a comprehensive understanding of some key concepts. So let's get into some of those concepts right away. Periodization and the OPT model. First of all, let's look at the structure of the OPT model. There are physiological adaptations of stabilization, strength, and power. Those are the three levels of the OPT model. Let's talk about them again. Stabilization, which is our base level that we start with first, and then we add in strength. So we must add strength to stabilization, and then we add power to the strength and the stabilization we've built. So stabilization, strength, and power, and it must take place in a planned, progressive manner to establish the proper foundation of strength for each subsequent adaptation. And so we start with stabilization, strength, and power. That's our progression. Well, what's the application? I see the structure. What's that application? Well, the application is ensuring that based off of what type of exercise plan we are in. So if we're in the stabilization level, we're selecting the right exercises for stabilization. When we're in the strength or the power level, we are selecting the correct, the appropriate exercises for those levels. Are we selecting the right acute variables? And by that, that could be sets, reps, tempo, rest range, the intensity at which you're lifting? Are you selecting the appropriate variables that go along with a structured program? And then are we applying in both a periodized manner to different populations with different goals? And that will be our next talk where we get into different populations and how they can be applied. Now, remember that NASM OPT model is the optimal performance training model. It was first used with professional athletes and then it started to be shifted and say, how can we take these variables and apply this to general populations? And then we'll look later in another episode, how do we take these and apply them to special populations? So periodization in the OPT model varies the focus of a training program at regularly planned periods to produce optimal adaptations. And there are two primary objectives. The training program into distinct periods or phases of training and training different forms of strength in each period or in each phase. And that controls fatigue and volume of training and it helps to prevent injuries. So those are our main objectives when it comes to the variety that we put in the OPT model. Divide the training into distinct periods or phases of training and training different forms of strength in each period so that we control fatigue and volume of training and we prevent injuries. Now, let's get into the training plans. Training plans, here's a great way to break them up. There is an annual plan, a monthly plan, and a weekly plan. Sometimes that annual plan is called a macro cycle. And then the monthly plan might be a meso cycle. And the weekly plan might be what's called a micro cycle. And sometimes those meso cycles can change and be lengthened out for a period of time. Sometimes the annual plan for a full year, but it might be for athletes for an entire season. 
and then you can break them down into mesocycles and microcycles for those athletes. So let's just go with this kind of general overview, an annual plan. Annual plan organizes the training program for an entire year. And that allows you to go, okay, well, the, based off of a typical progression that you might see, I expect to take my client through the OPT model by spending, I don't know, maybe um, a micro, uh, a, a mesocycle, a month in one particular phase of the NASM OPT model. And then I might progress them to the next phase. And, and all of those mesocycles will, over the course of a year will make up that annual plan. Let's talk about the monthly then. So that annual plan's made up of monthlies, some to quarterly or bi-monthly, but here we go. Monthly plan, a mesocycle details the specific days of each workout, showing the client exactly what phase of the OPT model, which is the type of training they're gonna be doing, uh, what's gonna be required on each day of the week, as well as when they're going to reassess. And it's pretty good when you talk to somebody about when they're going to reassess because it's like uh, prepping for a test. If you know you're going to do a, I don't know, a 10 rep max squat test at end of two months, then that might be something that motivates some people to not only work hard while they're with you, but also potentially take some time uh, to, to go and do their own training outside of their gym time with their personal trainer. All right, let's look at the weekly or what's called the micro cycle. And it gives the client a picture of exactly what's going to be used in his or her workout for that period. So this is what we're going to do this week. And notice that when I say this, it's not about telling the trainer what the trainer is going to do. It's about providing feedback to the client about what they're going to be performing. And I think it's good to, to, to think of it this way, to process it this way. Yes, we need to plan our clients' programs, putting macro cycles, meso cycles, micro cycles, but showing it to them, letting them know what their plan is. Otherwise, they're just showing up expecting to get a workout, which is fine but showing up knowing that there is a progression and that there are assessments and there are um, uh, benchmarks that we're trying to get to by a certain time and that we need to train for the test. We need to prepare for those tests that we're going to be putting them through, these physical assessments. All right, let's talk about two different types of, of periodization. There's linear periodization and undulating periodization. So let's talk linear for a moment. Linear periodization is a traditional method of program design and it allows increases in training intensity with decreases in overall volume over a set period. So what that to in regard to the OPT model is that you would start with stabilization, level one, you'd progress to level two, you'd progress to level three. There are so phase one, phase two, phase three, phase four, phase five, that would be a linear progression. Well, undulating is referred to as nonlinear periodization. It changes different acute variables on either a daily or a weekly basis. So what you might be doing in undulating periodization is that let's say you've got somebody uh, Monday, Wednesday, Friday that's training with you. All right, well, Monday might be a stabilization day. Wednesday might be a strength training day. And of that Friday, a power day. 
All right, well, let's say I want to take them all the way up to power. What do I do then? Well, which are you trying to prioritize? So if you're trying to prioritize strength, you might do a strength day on Monday, stabilization on Wednesday, strength on Friday. And so what you've done is you've provided a little break, allowing the body to, um, uh, to minimize that same exact type of workout or intensity. So you've got a stabilization day in between. And honestly, as long as you're following that system, then you're going to do well. So which way are we going to undulate? That's part of you as a professional figuring out what works for your clients based off of what their goals, needs, wants are. So let's look at the NASM OPT model. Let's review this through all the levels and the phases. Again, there are three levels, stabilization and then strength. And then that level three is power. But let's look at the phases. So stabilization has one phase. It is called the stabilization endurance phase. And the thing I like about the OPT model is the name of each of the phases is telling you what you're going to get out of that particular type of workout. It doesn't tell you what it's doing physiologically in the body. No, no, not necessarily. It's telling you these are the outcomes you're going to get. So if you're in phase one, you're working on stabilization and endurance. So what do we call it? Stabilization endurance. Phase two moves out of the stabilization phase. And there are three phases in the strength training level. Phase two in the OPT model, um, which is that very first phase in the strength. So this is phase two. It is called strength endurance. So phase one was stabilization endurance. Now it's strength endurance. Then the next phase is muscular development. Muscular development, building muscle, hypertrophy putting on skeletal muscle, increasing muscular size, muscular development, phase three. Then phase four, maximal strength. Our goal in phase four is to see how much you can lift and get better at lifting a lot. And then phase five is the power phase. And the power phase is more about speed production, rate of force production, uh, and it is a superset with a, uh, a max strength exercise supersetted with a lighter exercise done explosively, which we'll get into that soon. All right. Acute variables. Acute means something that lasts for a limited period of time. Variables, the things that vary or change. So what are we varying? What are the acute variables? Well, the amount of repetitions that you do the sets that you do, the intensity at which you train, your overall training volume, the tempo for each repetition, your rest interval between sets or circuits, your exercise selection. Are we doing uh, exercise selection as linear um, or let's um, uh, the horizontal approach, which is bench press, break, bench press, break, bench press, break, or are you doing vertical approach to training? So are you doing a circuit throughout the whole body? What's the order of exercise? There are things like peripheral heart action, where it's an upper body, lower body, upper body, lower body, back and forth. What, what's the exercise order? Training duration, how long are you going to be doing the training? And then training frequency, how often are you going to be coming in to do your workouts? These are all what are known as acute variables. Okay, 
Now let's get into the OPT model and just start breaking it down level by level. So stabilization level focuses on the main adaptation of stabilization. It's designed to prepare the body for the demands of higher levels of training that may follow. It is prep. It can prepare you uh, and your muscles adapt faster than some of the other tissues in the body like tendons and ligaments. And so the stabilization level is a good level to start preparing your muscles, yes, but also to prepare other tissues in the body because your muscles can get stronger faster than these other tissues. And so what we're doing is saying, let's start at the stabilization endurance level and build onto that so we're not immediately throwing you into heavier exercises that your muscles may be able to adapt to, but maybe the ligament. The, the tendon, some other soft tissues in the body aren't quite ready for adaptation yet. So let's look also now at the goals of each of these. So the goal for the stabilization level, one is it's going to help to correct muscle imbalances. We spend time focusing on uh, the assessment. What are the outcomes of the assessment? Are we looking at some of the short, tight, overactive muscles, how do we address those? And then how do we address those underactive muscles and provide strength to create balance back into uh, our body? We want to improve stabilization. And the stabilization uh, very often of the core musculature, making sure the lumbopelvic hip complex is stabilized. We do want to also, as a goal, prevent tissue overload by preparing muscles, tendons, ligaments, and joints for the upcoming imposed demands of training, and then improve overall cardiorespiratory and neuromuscular conditioning. And then we want to establish proper movement patterns and exercise technique. So we'll do our exercises a little bit slower. We'll focus on movement rather than focus on uh, how fast we move or how much weight we can lift. We're going to focus more on how well we can move. So in this phase one, specific phase one, stabilization endurance training, here's kind of a breakdown of what you're looking at. The warm-up, which will be self-myofascial techniques and static stretching. Optionally, you can do add in some dynamic stretching. It's going to be one to three sets uh, your repetitions are one 30 second hold, which is the tempo. And then you can move right into the next ones. Your activations like core and balance, one to three sets, 12 to 20 repetitions performed slowly with a rest of zero to 90 seconds. So zero seconds might be the rest between each exercise. The 90 seconds might be the rest at the end of a circuit. We're also going to focus on skill development, perhaps plyometrics or speed, agility, and quickness. Again, remember, this is a performance-based model. Not every client needs to do this, but if they're capable, it's a fun engagement and helps them to develop some skills. So some plyometrics, speed, agility, quickness exercises, one to three sets, five to eight repetitions of plyometrics, one to three on the SAQ, your tempo, uh, like in a squat jump to stabilization. You will jump and then you will land and hold that landing for three to five seconds. Keeping that moderate tempo on your SAQ work, again, your rest is going to be zero to 90 seconds. All right. Let's focus now on the more important things in regard to what you familiarize yourself with, which is phase one, stabilization endurance training, resistance training section. 
the resistance training, your sets are going to be one to three. It was like that in all the other things are warm-up activation skill development. One to three sets. Your repetitions are going to be 12 to 20 repetitions. Your tempo will be a slow tempo. For example, a four, two, one, zero tempo, tempo which would be, uh, let's say, in a push-up. You'd lower yourself down for four count, pause at the bottom for two, lift up for one, and then the pause at the top is zero, so no pause at the top. Sets, one to three, reps, 12 to 20, tempo, slow, and your rest range is going to be zero to 90 seconds. Moving on to the strength level of the OPT model. Strength level, we're working on endurance and hypertrophy and max strength. So strength, endurance, hypertrophy, max strength. Here are the goals. We want to, one, increase the ability of the core musculature to stabilize the pelvis and the spine as you start to add in these heavier loads. So these are gonna be through more complete ranges of motion. Also, increase the load-bearing ca uh, capabilities of your muscles, your tendons, ligaments, and joints. We're also looking at increasing the volume of training with more repetitions, more sets at greater intensities. You're going to increase the metabolic demand by taxing the ATP PC system and the glycolysis energy systems to induce cellular changes in muscles, which can allow for things like weight loss, but also muscular development or hypertrophy. And then we wanna increase our motor unit recruitment frequency of motor unit recruitment and the motor unit synchronization or max strength, how they work together to create stronger, bigger, more intense lifts. That is our strength training level. There are three phases in the strength training level. So we're gonna start with phase two in the OPT model. So the strength training levels, um, the phases are phase two, three, and four. So phase two, strength endurance. It's going to include a warm-up like self-myofascial techniques and active stretching. You still have the option of dynamic stretching if you want to do that. One to three sets. And then here's the thing. When you leave a level in the OPT model and go to the next one, that phase, that first phase in the level jump is going to be a superset. So you are going to do supersets in your resistance training, which we will get to in a moment. So you can do also in your warm-up, we've got self-myofascial techniques do, and you can do active stretching, about to 10 repetitions of the active stretching uh, for a one to two second hold. All right, activations. So core and balance exercises. You do two to four sets, eight to 12 repetitions at a moderate tempo, zero to 60 second rest. Skill development, things like plyometrics and SAQ, two to four sets, eight to 12 repetitions of plyometrics or three to five uh, reps of SAQ. And the tempo is repeating um, plyometrics. So you're just repeating a movement. It's not as fast as you can go, but it's not with a pause like it was in the previous set, uh, in the previous level. And then we get into resistance training. Here we go. We're looking at two to four sets and then you're going to superset. So it's eight to 12 repetitions of a strength exercise followed by or supersetted with eight to 12 repetitions of stability exercise. So what might that look like? 
All right, well, that might look like a, uh, a barbell bench press, right? It's a traditional strength training exercise for eight to 12 repetitions. And then immediately when you put that weight down, shifting over into a suspension trainer push-up for eight to 12 reps. So now you've worked on your strength and you superset that with stability. The tempos for your strength training are two, zero, two, zero. So that's a two second on the down phase, pause for nothing, lift for two counts, and don't pause at the top either. So down for two, up for two, no pause at the top or the bottom. And then your slow tempo might be a four, two, one, zero. So that would be four counts on the way down, the eccentric, pausing for two, lift one, and then zero pause at the top, going right into the next exercise. So that's, um, again, a zero to 60 second rest. So after each superset, what does that mean? Zero means you're doing it in circuit. So if you're doing a chest exercise, you can move on to a different body part immediately. Or if you're doing them in a horizontal load, then you just take a 60 second break and then you do the exercise again for four, uh, for four sets. All right, let's go into phase three, muscular development. Muscular development, warm up would be self-myofascial techniques, active stretching, optionally dynamic stretching, one to three sets, one rep of self-myofascial rolling and holding that for 30 seconds. Or you could do the active stretching, five to 10 repetitions at a one to two second hold. Then your activation exercises like core imbalance. You're gonna do two to four sets of eight to 12 repetitions and a zero to 60 second rest. Skill development, plyo and SAQ sets two to four. Your plyos are gonna be eight to 12 repetitions and your SAQ three to five. Your tempo for your plyometrics, just repeating like before your SAQ, you're ready to pick up that speed and start moving quickly. Zero to 60 seconds rest. Here's our main focus. Our main focus again is the resistance training. On the muscular development in phase three, you're going to do three to six sets of a given exercise or a body part. The repetitions are six to 12. And you can, you can go up, you can do 12 to 20, just like we did in phase one. Uh, it's allowed if that's something that you desire, if your clients enjoy that. You don't have to follow this exact um, six to 12. But because we've already focused on the 12 to 20, we are now progressing this for muscular development. So six to 12 repetitions, the tempo to be a two zero two zero tempo, which is the eccentric for two seconds, no pause at the bottom, concentric lift, two seconds, and no pause at the top. So three to six sets, six to 12 reps. The tempo is a moderate tempo, up for two, down for two, and then your rest is zero to 60 seconds. All right. We've got phase four in the OPT model called maximal strength. Max strength. Our warm-up will include self-myofascial techniques, active stretching. Optionally, you can do dynamic stretching again. One to three sets. Your reps, uh, one rep for self-myofascial techniques holding for 30 seconds or five to 10 active stretches for a one to two second hold for each rep. Your activations, two to four core activations or balance exercises, eight to 12 repetitions. Your tempo is gonna be moderate, 
Skill development, plyometrics and SAQ, two to four sets. Your plyos will be eight to 12 uh, performed moderately quickly or three to five of your SAQ and you goes fast. All right, resistance training. Here's kind of the major focus. Resistance training while in phase four, max strength, your set range, four to six sets. Your repetition range, one to five. One to five, so it's heavy. Hence, max strength development. So we've got one to five repetitions. Your tempo, at explosive, as fast as possible, AFAP. As fast as possible, you're gonna do this explosively. But, but, it's heavy. So we're not focusing on, let me lower down for this, pause for here, lift for that. We're not focusing on that at all. Our goal for max strength is lifting as fast as you can move that heavy weight, which will not be fast, but just try to get that weight moving. You're going to move it explosively, and then you're going to rest two to four minutes between sets because we need time for that ATP to build back up so we can repeat this because we have multiple sets. How many sets? Remember, four to six sets, one to five repetitions, tempo, explosive, resting for two to four minutes. And then we move into the power level. The power level is where we start to increase the speed of muscle contraction, which is called the rate of force production. Our goal is to increase the velocity of movement. It's also to increase the rate of force production by increasing the number of motor units activated, the synchronization, and the speed at which those muscles are excited. So let's talk about this. This is the last phase in power training, phase five. Warm-ups, self-myofascial techniques, and dynamic stretching, one to three sets. So you can do one set of self-myofascial rolling uh, with 30-second holds, or 10 to 15 dynamic stretches at a moderate but a dynamic tempo. Activations like core and balance, one to three sets, eight to 12 repetitions to be performed explosively with your core work and your balance work to be done with control your rest zero to 60 seconds. Then your skill development, moving into the plyometrics and SAQ, three to five sets, eight to 12 repetitions of plyos or three to five of SAQ, and you're gonna do these explosively. Now it's time to crank up the speed, doing this explosively. And now let's look at resistance training. Resistance training in phase five power training, you've got three to five sets, but we also have a superset three to five sets of a superset. So your first set is going to be kind of a max strength lift. You're lifting for one to five repetitions, but you're gonna superset that with a power movement. How explosive, how fast can you move? So one to five reps of strength, followed by superset with eight to 10 repetitions of a much lighter weight performed explosively. So it could be something like a one to five reps of a barbell back squat. And then you can superset that by putting that barbell down and maybe going over and doing plyometric box jumps. That might be, that's a good example of what that might look like. The tempo, all of them, explosive, as fast as you can lift the heavy stuff and as fast as you can throw the light stuff. So all your tempos on this are gonna be explosive. 
And then you're going to do a one to two minute rest between pairs or a three to five minute rest at the end of a circuit if you decide to put together a circuit for this. All right. Here's where I think we are going to look at something just as a fitness professional we need to pay attention to, which is called risk versus reward. And that our stance is that you should never really comp um, compromise form over function. So, yeah, but I can do more. I can do it faster this way or I can lift more this way. Well, that may be true, but we don't want to compromise form and technique over function so that you can say, oh, I've got more. I can do this faster. I can do this a certain way. Form and technique are to be prioritized. Always use caution when training on, on unstable surfaces. So be aware of unstable surfaces and be particularly cautious if you have your clients on unstable surfaces and recognize the limitation of fitness apps. So there are limitations and being there, being able to develop programs as you write them and put them out and then you're there with them, putting them together and enacting them are highly valuable. All right, never compromise form over function, careful on unstable surfaces and fitness apps. Fitness apps, not always 100% accurate, could lead to miscalculations of actual exercise and effort and output, potentially leading to overexertion. All right. Here's our last little bit of our conversation today. And I know that it was really heady, could be pretty tedious going through this content. And if you've studied this information before, then just hearing the acute variables, what is the set, what is the rep, what is the tempo, all that stuff. Ah, I know, you've suffered enough. So let's wrap it up. Training modalities. Well, there are different ways that we can train. We've got strength training machines. There are free weights, barbells and dumbbells and kettlebells and cable machines, elastic resistance bands, medicine balls, body weight, suspended body weight training, suspension trainers, sandbags, vipers, battling ropes, proprioceptive uh, tools like stability balls and um, cushioned pads, fitness trackers. These are all modalities, and these modalities are tools for the toolbox. So there's not a right one necessarily, and not necessarily wrong ones. There might be right or wronger ones for your particular client. Some things don't work for them. But with that said, the training modalities, having a deep uh, trunk of, uh, in, or deep toolbox where you can go through different types of training modalities and find out what works for your clients. What do your clients enjoy doing? Which modalities will support them in best reaching their goals and realizing that none of them are particularly wrong. It's just that some of them might be more right for your client, depending on what their goals are and what they actually enjoy doing and never discount the importance of getting somebody to enjoy physical activity. So if you have to limit how fast somebody gets to their end result because you did a modality that they enjoyed more, then that could be more valuable because honestly, if they're not enjoying exercise, then this isn't gonna last long. But if you can get people to enjoy exercise and to engage with physical activity on a regular basis, then you're going to support them in their process. 
and that's what's most important. And that maybe they get to a point where they don't have to pay you. You're like, hey, wait a minute, Rick, I don't like where this is going. But what I'm saying is that we can provide self-efficacy. They're doing it on their own and they're doing it because they love it. That's what our goals should be for our clients. All right. With that being said, thank you so much for taking time to listen to this particular podcast and reviewing the NASM OPT model. Every little nugget and variable bit by bit, each level, each phase of the model. So thank you so much for being a part of it. If you have questions for me, feel free to reach out. You can reach me primarily on Instagram. DM me, message me uh, at dr.rickrichie, R-I-C-H-E-Y, or you can email me, rick.richie at nasm.org. Thank you so much for your time. You've listened to the NASM CPT Podcast.